Uh, if you were not here with us last week, we started a story, and I would encourage you, uh, if you're listening to this recorded on YouTube or on the podcast, go ahead and go back and watch the previous message first, and then come back here. But if you're here with us live, maybe you weren't here with us last week, I want to give you a bit of a recap, so stick around. Long story short, uh, four years ago, I had a crush on a Twitch streamer named Miss Ruby Falls, who has now been my girlfriend for about a year. And at the time, I didn't want to pursue her uh, because I thought that would be weird. And in a lot of cases, that is weird. But sometimes God asks us to do things that might appear a little weird at first. So eventually, this crush that I had uh, had turned into uh, a word from God telling me that I was going to be with this girl that I barely knew. Uh, But plot twist, turns out she had a boyfriend, and I was all sorts of confused. And I did my best to believe uh, that God had given me a promise and that what he said was true. And eventually I fasted and, and really sought God and prayed for his direction, uh, only for him to tell me that he wanted me to go to her, literally drive to Kentucky and go to her. Uh, so I did that. I drove eight hours to Kentucky, uh, got to a hotel, let her know that I was in the area, and she still had a boyfriend. Um, and I didn't know what to think, really, but... While all of that was going on, and while I had no idea what to think after that experience, I didn't know that she was facing her own struggles in that time because her relationship was not quite going the way that she had expected it to. I walked away from that trip feeling rather numb and defeated. I was just so confused about what the point of going even was, what God was trying to do through it. And today, as we finish the story, I want to walk us through four things that we need to embrace in order to live out God's promises for us. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 8 today, taking a look at how even when Jesus tried to explain what was about to happen to his disciples, they just didn't understand these things that we need to embrace. So Mark 8, 31 through 33, let's read. It's on the screen for you. And it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man." Today we're going to embrace the promises that God gives us, no matter how much they scare us, no matter how much it feels like they aren't happening, no matter how much pain we have to go through, no matter what comes along with them that we were not expecting. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and we ask you to help us embrace the promises that you have for us. Lord, you have so much good in store for us. There is so much that you want to do in our lives, God. And I pray you would give us the courage and the confidence to embrace whatever it is that you may be speaking to us, Lord. Father, whether it's an encouragement from your word that you want to give us and and speak to someone today, or whether it is a specific promise that you want to speak into somebody's life, Father, I pray we would embrace it. Lord, help us to learn how to see it through, how to trust you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. So the first thing I want to point out here uh, from the scriptures is that small sentence in the middle of verse 32. It says, and he said this plainly, and he said this plainly. 
God doesn't play games. He doesn't say half-truths. He doesn't mess around. He means what he says, and he says what he means. Jesus spoke plainly to his disciples about what would happen, and he speaks plainly to us. So why do we struggle to understand? Why do we doubt what he says? Why do we try to twist it and shape it into something that it doesn't mean or, or into what we want it to mean and, and instead of believing simply what he has declared? Every time that I would doubt what God had told me, every time that I would doubt the promise that he had given me, that I was going to be with Ruby, he would assure me again and again that what he said was true, that he meant it. He would confirm it to me over and over again, no matter how much I doubted, however many times I needed to hear it again. And in order to live out the promise that he had given me, I needed to first embrace his word. Embrace his word, because when God speaks, he speaks love. He speaks peace, justice. He speaks truth. He speaks, and it is so. He literally created the universe by speaking. So why do we question him when he says something, when his words are so powerful? Why do we question him? Why do we question that his plans for us are good when that's all that we see throughout Scripture? Last week, we looked at one example with Abraham and Sarah. We mentioned others with the Israelites in the desert. So many examples all throughout Scripture that God always means what he says. Why do we question that he will never leave us nor forsake us? We have to embrace his word, both his scripture that he's given us and the promises that he speaks into our lives. No matter how much they scare us, no matter how hard it is to believe them, we know that they are good because God is good. And remember, remember to compare whatever it is that you feel God may be telling you specifically, compare that with the Bible. He will never tell you anything that is contradictory to his word. Remember to seek wise counsel as you try to understand what it is that he is speaking to you. I cannot stress that enough. But if we cannot embrace his word, how can we ever hope to embrace the promises that he's given us? Because the two are one and the same. After what seemed like a fruitless adventure to Kentucky for me, I had no idea the difficulties that Ruby herself was facing at the time. I, I went back home, and about a month later, I got in touch with her again, and it turned out that the, re the relationship that she was in had come to an end. And while that was a great victory for me, it was a devastation for her. I remember her telling me about some of it, the, the pain that she was feeling, and I remember just reading her words and just feeling so much of what she was going through. And I just, I wanted her to know that I was there for her. I talked with her and supported her the best I could. And, and a few weeks later, we hung out on Discord again. We had a good time. And, but I, I knew that ultimately this wasn't exactly the right moment to express my own feelings for her because she had just gone through a breakup. I wanted to give her time. So instead, I just let her know that that I was always there for her to support her and be there for her. I figured that after that, we would hang out again soon. So we'd start to talk more. Things would start finally moving forward. We would finally get together. But after we hung out that second time, she began to feel distant again. And she still had no ideas that I had any feelings for her. 
I hadn't expressed them. She hung out with me that second time because she was hurting, and she thought it would be good to just spend time with a friend to get her mind off of things. She thought that I was just busy with God Squad, and we were on different paths, and we were at the time. But as time went on, just based on some things that I had noticed and some things that she had said openly that weren't specific, but I kind of understood what it may mean. I began to think that she may have gotten back with her boyfriend uh, to try to work things out, and I later found out that my suspicions were right, but I didn't know that at the time, and I wish I could tell you that I had faith after getting to hang out with her again after all those years and still having it amount to nothing. I wish I could tell you that I knew that God's promise would come through, but I didn't. I didn't, and I struggled again and again to believe what God had told me. But I chose to have faith because to do anything else would be to deny God and to ignore everything that he had said. I chose to have faith, but it felt like I didn't have much at all. And later that year of 2019, when God Squad Church was facing a very pivotal moment in its history, and we were about to do our first Waymaker week, uh, Pastor Susie began to feel very strongly in his spirit that everything was about to change for us. Not just for the God Squad, but for each of our individual lives, the, the different things that we were all facing. Uh, so I was doing my best to believe that to believe that everything was about to change. I was, I was doing everything I could to try to express this faith that I was holding on to. And one of the things that I decided to do was to get up every morning for a week at 6 a.m. to pray for Ruby. And the reason that I did that, that I had that idea, was because that she had just mentioned on her stream or something that she had started getting up at 6 a.m. I don't even remember why. Um, but I, I wanted to be praying for her in, in the first moments of her day. And so for one week, I, I, did, I did that. I woke up at 6 a.m. and I prayed for her for a week. Uh, but getting up at 6 a.m. sucks, so a week was about all I could do. Uh, but I did what I set out to do, and you know, that's all, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. But I did that. I was praying every big prayer that I could think of, trying so hard to express this faith that I was trying to have. And uh, I was asking the, the God Squad leadership team to, to pray for me. Um, the, the team knew about it um, over these years. And I remember I, I sent out a text to Pastor Boz and his wife, Danielle, to, to ask them for prayer. And, and seconds after I send that text, Danielle, his wife, calls me uh, and told me that she'd read only the first line of my text where I had asked for prayer. She didn't even know what the rest of the text message was about yet. And so I, I answered the phone, she called me, and she said, God told me to tell you, go to her. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, now, I did not take another YOLO trip to Kentucky, however, however interesting that may have been. Um, this time, I interpreted the phrase as a, a confirmation of what I was feeling. Like, God knew how much that phrase meant to me, and he was repeating it here again uh, to just almost, almost like a green light, a, a thumbs up, that, that things were indeed about to happen. But I didn't know what the heck it meant the first time. 
I didn't know what it meant the second time either. Maybe third time's the charm. We'll see. Uh, but I was like, okay, now, great. Everything seems to be just about to fall into place. Everything is about to change. I heard go to her again. Clearly, clearly something is about to happen. But October passed and November passed. I moved to Virginia in December. Pastor Boz was moving in February. The church was able to offer us full-time positions. But not everything changed, at least as far as I could see. I thought I had the timing figured out, but every moment we spend waiting is a moment to embrace God's timing instead of our own. And that's our second point, to embrace his timing. Timing is so huge in video games. The, the, down to the timing of your inputs, your button presses, it's all so crucial to your performance and your success. And the way you time your jump to reach the ledge, Pastor Boz was playing Jump King the other day, there's timing, there's timing. The way you time your parry, your block, your dodge, timing is so crucial in the games that we play. And in video games, we understand that. We understand that concept, but then we go through life and we struggle with timing. <laughs> we struggle with it. We want to dodge sooner than we're supposed to. We, we want to take the shot before it's lined up, but that's not how it works. In Breath of the Wild, it may allow you to march right up to Ganon as, as soon as you get done with the tutorial, but for 99% of players, that is not the timing. <laughs> that's not it. And it's just not the timing. Why did Jesus stay dead for three days? Why not, why not come back to life immediately? Why not two days? Why three days? Why did he let Lazarus die before coming days later to raise him from the dead? Why did Jesus wait so long in the first place before he came to die on the cross? If God is so powerful, why doesn't he just do things faster? I'm sure we would all appreciate that. I'm sure people would have loved for Jesus to come back sooner than he did. I'm sure they would have loved for him to heal Lazarus before he died. But instead, he waited so that he could perform a bigger miracle instead. And that is undoubtedly what he did in my life. Timing is everything. So as my story continued, and God began to feel very silent on the matter Usually I would feel him reassuring me or, or telling me to wait, uh, but for a while he just he felt more silent. Uh, he was there, I knew he was there, but it just didn't seem like he was saying much. And that was difficult. While it didn't seem like things were moving on my end, he was moving in Ruby's life, what I couldn't see at the time. Her relationship ended once again, and she was experiencing so much experiencing so much pain and heartbreak, but I had no idea. In this time where it felt like God was not moving in my life, he was moving somewhere else. I just couldn't see it. And because there was so much that I didn't know, there was just so much pain inside of me thinking about all of this, and I was numbing myself to it because it just hurt to think about. I felt like I'd been let down so many times, and it was so hard to to look towards it. What if I'm wrong? What if it doesn't happen? What if all my fruitless adventure, 
others have been for nothing. I wanted to read to you again from my promise journal, a journal that I kept over the years about the promise that God had given me. But before I do, I want to talk about why I even began writing this journal in the first place. We didn't touch on that last week, so I wanted to make sure I got to it this week. I wrote this journal because I wanted to project my faith into something physical as a way of making God's promise feel more real to me. I was reminded in Deuteronomy 11 when it says to write God's word on your doorframe and your gates so that you can be reminded of it daily. I wanted something that would remind me of his promise. Not that this journal had some special power or that it was an idol of any sort, nothing like that, but just a reminder of what God had spoken to me. I think we can all agree that we need all of the encouragement and reminders that we can get about God's goodness because we so easily, we so easily forget. So on June 20th of 2020, I realized what I needed to do about the pain that I was experiencing at the time. <clears throat> I came to many realizations today. This promise couldn't come without pain. Everything I've experienced has been to raise my pain threshold. From the outset, I dared to face the pain, but I had no idea the form it would take, the toll it would take. It's done all but broken me. I've numbed myself to it time and time again, and that's been my biggest mistake. I have to face it to find you. I have to embrace it to reach you. I can only imagine the words that Ruby may have written about the pain that she was experiencing as she coped with the ending of her relationship. I had to embrace his word, his timing, and I had to embrace his pain. It's our third point. We talked extensively about pain a couple weeks ago and encourage you to go back and watch the no pain, no gain message. But to give you a TLDR, embrace the pain. Christ embraced the pain that he had to endure on the cross, and you and I have to embrace the pain that we face in our lives. Jesus said that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and he did suffer many things. God helped me realize that I had to embrace the pain that I was facing because there was a purpose to the pain. It was not for nothing. So as I embraced it and my roller coaster of trust and doubt continued, I was left wondering, how? How would it all happen? I was so focused on the details of my situation. So focused on the details. How am I going to talk to her more? How, how is the long distance even going to work if it does happen? How is anything going to happen? When it came time for God Squad Church to fast again in 2020, God revealed to me during that time that I needed to let go of those details that I was holding on to. I found that, that when, when I'm in a situation that I'm not comfortable with, details give me comfort. Maybe, maybe you're the same. De the details give me so much comfort, knowing what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But I didn't need to know any of that. I didn't need to know any of that. And that's what God spoke to me during my time of fasting last year. And, and he was speaking that to me again just, just a couple months ago. So I guess I, I still need to uh, practice that. But 
When you're following God, let him figure out the details. That doesn't mean you don't try. That doesn't mean you don't look for opportunities to move, because otherwise nothing gets done. You can't just sit there. God does need you to move sometimes. But when you come up short, let God do the rest, because he will. He will see it through. He will figure out the details. So as all of you know, last year, COVID started changing everything, and it was like one more obstacle to all these barriers that I had going against me, right? Great, COVID. How am I, I going to meet this girl in the middle of a pandemic? This is just the worst. But in April of 2020, I asked Ruby if she wanted to do a video chat sometime. She agreed, and I knew that I had to tell her how I felt that time. And, you know, despite all that I'd been through and despite all that God had spoken to me, telling her how I felt was still extremely difficult, so much so that I almost didn't do it at all. There was a period of about 10 seconds where I had made up in my mind, I'm not doing it, but I pulled myself out of it when the moment came. But despite all I had been through, I struggled so much to even express my feelings to her because that was the moment that I was going to find out if I was crazy or not. I was like, this is the moment that I find out if I'm crazy. But I want to encourage you, when you're faced with that moment of should I do it or should I not do it, whatever the situation is, will you have the courage to follow what God is putting on your heart? And remember, I'm going to keep saying it because it's important. Take time to pray and seek God to confirm, to know for sure what he is saying to you. Seek wise counsel in your life. But whether it's asking out a girl, whether it's trying to get a job opportunity, whether it's moving to another country, starting a business that could fail, getting involved in a community, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that scares you, I pray that you will take the step because it could change your life. And I could have said yes to my fear in that moment where I didn't want to tell Ruby how I felt, and my life would be drastically different right now. But I pray that you have the courage to step out in faith. And telling Ruby that I had feelings for her did change my life in more ways than I expected it to. And when I finally told her, that was the beginning of everything that God had spoken to me. So that's it, right? Ruby and I are together, pogs and lizard hypes in the chat, spam them, happily ever after, right? This was God's promise. It has to be good, right? Don't get me wrong, it is. But I truly believe that the bigger the blessing God wants to give you, the harder it will be to receive it. Because once I embraced God's word, once I embraced his timing, once I embraced his pain, I had to embrace his ways. That's our final point for today. Embrace his ways. We have to embrace his ways on our way to the promise, every step that it takes to get there, and we have to embrace the promise itself because it's not always sunshine and roses like we expect it to be. While I was so happy to finally be with Ruby, the reality was that it was difficult for us to get to know each other because of our past experiences. In the beginning, she had a hard time trusting me due to not being told the truth 
in her past relationship. And I remember thinking, why? God, God if you knew that, that we were going to be together, why, why would you let her get hurt like this? I relate so much to Peter here in, in verse 32 and 33. Let's read it again. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. But Jesus, turning, seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Peter was like, No, they can't kill you. That can't happen. That's not supposed to happen. But he didn't understand why it needed to happen. And if God had told me years before, hey, I'm going to give your, your future girlfriend somebody that makes it really hard for her to trust people, I'd be like, whoa, God, I don't know if that's a good idea, you know. I, you might not uh, be thinking this one through. In these moments, it's easy to look at God and wonder, why? Why is it happening this way? This isn't what I thought would happen. Clearly, this can't be of you, God. It's too hard. It's too broken. But do we trust God enough to believe that his ways are higher than ours, that he has a plan to use our pain? Do we trust him enough to do the miracles that he wants to do in our lives and not the ones that we want him to do? It wasn't just on Ruby's side either. God knows that I needed someone that would be patient and understanding while I broke down my guarded heart and learned to open up. We both had barriers that we needed to break down. And Ruby and I often wonder why things unfolded the way that they did, why I didn't just tell her the first time that we hung out on Discord how I felt. We imagine that world, how things could be different, and ultimately we don't know for sure. We don't live in that reality, but we look back and we both kind of agree that we don't think it would have worked out if I had told her back then. Just because of the stages in life that we were in, the growth that we'd yet to go through, it probably wouldn't have worked, and God knew that. He knew that there were so many more challenges we needed to face before we were ready for what he had for us. And while it has been difficult for Ruby and I to work through these challenges, it's brought so much trust and, and health and understanding to our relationship, but that wouldn't have happened if things had gone the way that I thought they would. So, if, so we embrace his way. If things had gone my way, I would have told Ruby this grand story that I've told you over the past two weeks in this super nice romantic way down the line when, when she was ready to hear it, but I ended up telling her this two months into the relationship. Imagine hearing all of this two months in. She's too good, but... <laughs> and I, I had to tell her that because she needed to know that, that there weren't any secrets, that, that those, those trust problems that, that we talked about, I had to open up. That wasn't how I had planned it. I had to tell her this over a video chat. I didn't even get to do it in person. But that was God's way, and that was God's timing. And when two people have been hurt, two people that have put up walls, two people that have been through a lot come together, it's not all sunshine and roses. It's, it's staying up until 2 a.m. 
talking things out because you're trying to make things work. Because you have to learn how to communicate and support each other. Sometimes the promise doesn't look like what you expect it to, but that doesn't mean it isn't good. That doesn't mean it's not better than how you would have done it. And I would not have been prepared for those struggles if if God had not spent the past few years challenging my faith and growing so much in me, challenging me to believe in his promises because there was so so much more in store for the both of us than we ever could have imagined. I grew so much in all the waiting. And early on, one of the difficult conversations that Ruby and I needed to have was that if our relationship were to progress and we ended up getting married, well, well where would we live? Obviously, I'm in Virginia, and she's in Kentucky. Kind of an issue if you're planning on a future together. Um, I figured that would be something we talked about down the line, you know, a little later. But by our third month, uh, it became stressful for her, understandably, to not even know where we would go. So we looked to God to guide us in that. And so through prayer and fasting, we believe that God gave us his answer. And it was one that I had already heard, and you've heard it too. Go to her. God's promises are timeless. God spoke that answer before I even prayed for it. And this is what he's spoken over our life, for me to be closer to her in Kentucky. When God put this on my heart last year, I brought it to our lead team, and we began actively discussing what that would look like, what that meant for my involvement with the church, and we talked about all the different variables, all the different possibilities of working remotely and and things like that, but over the months of talking about it and months of searching for God's plan in it all, we've come to the conclusion that it's, it's time for me to transition to the next chapter of my life. There were no hard feelings, there were, there was no resentment on either side, but we just began to see that this is what God had in store, not only for me, but for God Squad Church, for our paths to diverge. I love this church. I love this team. But we have to do what God has asked of us. If you're anything like us, you may, you may be looking at this and thinking that this answer doesn't make any sense. So why, why would God take me away from Virginia? It would make so much, so much more sense for him to call us to Virginia so that I can stay a part of God Squad Church. Wouldn't that be great? And Ruby even said that if, if God had called us to Virginia, she would have moved. She was willing to do that. Why would God take me away from my job, my friends, in a ministry that he called me to years ago. God, you called me to this. Why would you take me away? Why would you take me away from a good thing that you've given me? Sometimes God has to take away something good before he can give you something better. And that goes for both me and for God Squad Church, because I pray that whoever replaces me will serve this church better than I did. It doesn't mean that I wasn't good enough, And it doesn't mean that God Squad Church isn't good enough for me, but that God just wants to do something bigger in all of our lives. Sometimes we forget that God isn't just moving in one area of our life or only in one life. 
He's moving in the lives of all of those around us and in so many different areas of our lives. Lots of times we look at just one aspect of it, but God is moving in ways we cannot even fathom. I don't know why this is the answer that God gave us, but I'm embracing his word, embracing his timing, embracing his pain, and embracing his ways. God knows better than us, and if this is what he's told us, then that's not only what's best for Ruby and I, but it's what's best for God's squad church. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Are you willing to submit to God to receive the miracle that he wants to do in your life? No matter what his word says, no matter the timing, no matter the pain, no matter the way. I wish I had time to tell you so much more about this story. Believe it or not, you got a very condensed version of this story in its entirety, and it was so undoubtedly written by God all along the way. We didn't have time to cover everything, but I wanted to close with a few of the amazing things that God has been revealing to us uh, once Ruby and I have, have gotten together. It, it turns out that I was the only one outside of a close friend that she had that, that even knew th that she had a boyfriend in the first place. Me, the one that would have had a much easier time believing in God's promise if I didn't know that. But God wanted me to know so that I could trust him more. In that week of time when I decided I was going to wake up every morning at, at 6 a.m. to pray for her, we found out that she was going through something extremely difficult in that week. And I had no idea. But I was praying for her in the exact moments that she needed it. And on November 10th of 2019, when I stopped writing in this journal every day, when I was so tired of holding on to my faith, a week later, her relationship ended. And the moment that I let go, God began to work. There's so many beautiful things that God has been revealing to us about how he used our past experiences, how he challenged us, how he's done it all to help us appreciate each other all the more. We both had so many preconceived notions about what a relationship was like because of our, our past experiences. We both thought we, we were just going to be too much for someone. And no one would ever want to talk or, or spend time with each other as, as much as we did. And I don't want you to see all this and go, oh, how cute, that's so cute, what a sweet story. I want you to see this and understand that there's always a reason for the way God allows things to happen. And it's for our good. I don't have time to mention countless other obstacles, details, and interactions just orchestrated by God all along the way. There's so much more that I wish I could share. But it's my hope and my prayer that you've heard enough over the past couple weeks to know that God's promises are unlike anything else. The promise he gave me was so much bigger than me, so much bigger than Ruby and everything that God has done in our lives. 
His promises are so much bigger than just our own lives. And you can read more about them in his word. You can read stories far better than the one that I've shared with you. You can live out your own story that he wants to write for you, if you'll let him. I want to challenge you today to follow God no matter what, no matter how little sense it makes, no matter how long you have to wait, no matter how crazy it may seem, no matter what you have to walk away from, submit to him, embrace his word, his timing, his pain, and his ways. I don't have all the answers to why God is orchestrating things the way that he is. But I choose to trust him. I choose to trust that he will see it through. Remember to verify what you think God is telling you according to his word. Seek the counsel of others so that they can help you confirm whatever promise you feel he's given you. Draw closer to him than you ever have before so that you can hear it clearly. It's not simple, but you can do it if you seek him above all else. Don't rely on yourself. Rely on God. Spend time with him daily, allowing his word to shape your heart and bend your knees before him, and then see what he can do when you let him work. I know that God has some amazing plans for your life. He does for all of us, but we have to listen. We have to be close so that we can hear him, and we have to be willing. We have to believe when the world challenges our faith, and we have to trust that God is working for us and not against us. I didn't know that Ruby would be the best thing that ever happened to me until I listened to what God was telling me, until I saw his promise come to be reality, and I can't wait to see what else he has for me on the other side of all of this. We're embracing his word, his timing, his pain, and his ways. And I pray that you will too. But maybe you're here and you're saying that it, it doesn't make sense that someone would leave everything that they have to just be with one person. But did you know that Jesus left everything to be with you? In order to save us, he had to give up his position in heaven to come to earth as a man to endure pain and hardship to be beaten and crucified all for you and me to show us how much he loves us if you've never heard it before that that God loves you so much that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will never die but have eternal life that's God's way he made a way for you and I, to go free from the punishment that we deserved by sinning against him. He made a way for us to live in eternity with him. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, all you have to do is ask him to save you, to admit your sin, to ask him to forgive you. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and step into his promises for you. He has so much good for you. It's the best decision that I've ever made, and I hope that you'll make it too. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, and we thank you that 
your plans for us are good. Lord, that even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we feel crazy, God, that you are always working for our good. God, I pray that you would inspire people to follow what you've placed on their heart, no matter how much it scares them, no matter how ridiculous it may seem. God, I pray you would give them the courage and the confidence to follow it. Lord, help them to seek you, to confirm it, to seek the wise counsel of their mentors. Father, I pray you would change lives through what you speak to people. You always do. You change the whole world with one man, your son. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, as those are receiving him into their hearts, Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would walk with them, Lord, that you would encourage them. God, fill, fill them with your spirit. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, friends. We've arrived at a very special moment where some of you finally get to find out just how short I am. Why you got to be so tall, bro? Dang, dude. We got to laugh a little bit. It's getting too sad up in here, man. I'm about to cry a little bit. We got to throw some hearts. Put some hearts in the chat for my man, Unworthy Seraph. And here's what I want to do right now. We want to honor Seraph big. Here at God Squad Church, we honor big. We give honor where honor is due. So I don't care if you're in your living room. I don't care if you're in your bedroom. I want to ask everyone in the room, will you stand to your feet? We want to honor Seraph. If you're on our staff, can you come up on this stage? We're going to put some of our staff members on the screen as well. We got staff members from different parts of the world. Welcome Pastor AJ, Pastor TJ, Merrick from the Netherlands. Let's get on the Seraph in the middle. And here's what we want to do. We want to, we want to see him off well, and we want, to, we want to honor him. Some of you might not know that Unworthy Seraph has been with us since before God's Squad Church even started. Like when it was just an idea, when it was in its inception, and it took oodles and crazy amounts of sacrifice and faith and doing things just like in this story, doing things that didn't really seem like they made much sense to be able to make what you see before you possible. All of what you see was built by God's goodness, but by the blood, sweat, and tears of many people, including this man. And especially when you joined us, man, at just such a young age, man, to see you taking huge steps of faith, I cannot express to you on behalf of all of our church's staff how proud of you we are. Like I was just sitting over there in that, in that seat, just looking up, I was like, man, look at this man boldly proclaiming the word of God. When five years ago, he was so different, didn't know what he was good at, didn't know who he was, didn't, literally when he, when he asked like, hey, I wanna join your team. Well, I was like, well, what do you wanna do? He's like, I have no idea, I just wanna help. <laughs> and you went on a journey of discovering who he was, and, and now look at you, man, stepping into the next chapter of your life, becoming a man, and following what God has called you to do. And on behalf of all of our church, we are immensely proud of you. And we love you from the depths of our being. The history of God's Square Church will be paved, and it will be what it is because of the sacrifices that this man has made. And I need you to hear that today. There is a part of the story of this church that will be forever written because of what he gave up, what he sacrificed, and what he did, and it's worthy of honor. 
And God forbid the day that we rob honor that is worthy to be given to other people. Ultimately, all of us are giving honor and praise to God that he used us. But you cannot tell the story of God's God Church without mentioning Unworthy Serve. And so on behalf of all of our church and our lead team and our staff, volunteers, on behalf of every single person that has ever given their lives to follow Jesus in this community, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for the lasting impression that you have left in this church. And so here's what I'd like to ask you to some of you do for our staff. Can we all just place a hand on the seraph? We want to pray for him. We're going to get close. You know what? It's all good. We're going to get close anyway, okay? Even if you're in the room, in your living room, I know it might be a little strange. Will, will you just extend a hand towards unworthy service? We pray for him and ask God to bless him. God, we just thank you so much today for the, the years of relationship that we've had the honor to have with unworthy serve. God, we thank you that all of us are better because you placed him in our lives. We thank you that our church is what it is because you placed him in this place. And so, yes, God, God, we just ask you to bless him. We ask you, God, that as he figures out, figures out his next steps, we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless him, that you would carry him, that you would direct him. And although, God, this is a symbolic moment that he's moving away from Virginia, and although we do have a, we have a few more weeks with him left on our staff, so he's not fully leaving today, but this is a big moment where he's leaving Virginia to begin the next chapter of his life. And we just pray, Lord, that one, you'd give him traveling mercies. Moving is very complicated, lots of ins and outs in it. We pray that you provide for him financially. We pray that you'd bless him. And we pray that you would bless his next chapter, whatever that might be. We pray that you give him strength. And we thank you for the many things that he has departed into our hearts and into our lives. And God, we thank you for it. Bless him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One last time, will you put your hands together to honor Unworthy Sarah? So some of you guys, you guys have been hearing... Uh, Sarah, the beginning of his love story, really, that he's, he said it wasn't a love story, apparently. But you guys have been hearing the beginning of his love story. Let's be completely honest here. But in the bigger picture, I hope you guys are understanding something a little bit bigger, that it wasn't just the beginning of his love story, but he also told you the love story of Jesus Christ and the love that he had for us. So I want you to know, hey, may, he just told you guys the gospel of Jesus, and I want you to know, even though we, we, we didn't do an official altar call or anything, you can accept Jesus Christ at any point in your life. You can do it right now. You can do it in the middle of the week. And hey, we want to be able to walk beside you on that journey. So if you did accept Jesus Christ today, or maybe you did so even in the past week during one of our, our Reconnect streams, I would ask you to do something and just to, to put an exclamation point next level in the chat. And I would ask you to click on that link. It will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. That will give us a better way to be able to just give you some, some resources. As a lot of people, they don't know exactly what to do after they just accepted Jesus Christ. We would love to be able to walk with you on that journey. So definitely click on that link and fill out that form so we can do that for you. Guys, this is the reason why we do everything that we do here at God Squad Church. 
you know, we're seeing lives being changed. We're seeing his life being changed. We're seeing the lives of other people being changed as they continue to know Jesus Christ. And we can do this because of your generosity and your faithfulness. And so we thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving to God Squad Church. And maybe some of you, this is the first time that you guys would like to give to God Squad Church. I want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to this ministry. If you guys go into the panels below, you can click on the give link and give that way. You could also go to our website and you can customize it to any way that you see fit to give weekly, to give monthly, whatever fits for you. And then finally, you can use text to give by texting any amount to number 84321. But no matter how you're giving, we thank you so much once again for your generosity and your faithfulness. And remember, every penny counts.